today, we'll be talking to Yasin Abdullah. Yasin is a track star at the University of Texas. Yasin is a front runner to represent Sudan in track for the 2024 Olympics in Paris, France, and has an incredible resume under him, which includes running a 357 mile, helping the University of Texas win a national championship this past year, and garnering more than $13,000 in scholarships. Yassine is also on his way to gain multiple sponsorships for his track abilities. And while doing this, Yassine is rapidly growing his YouTube channel and hopes to one day build his own brand. Hey y'all, I'm Chenmei Pingale and this is the Young Money Podcast. Through my early adult life, I've always wanted to find a way to make money. As I go through college and the corporate life is awaiting around the corner, I continue wanting to find new hustles, which hopefully can one day take over a corporate job. The Young Money Podcast is for listeners who are looking for new, innovative ways to make money in a way that is feasible for young adults. If you think you or someone you know is making money in a way that people would be interested in hearing about, please email me at cmpingale at gmail.com. What's up, Yassine? How are you? What's up, Chinmay? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thanks for asking. So I guess we can just begin by you summarizing, I guess, your track stuff at UT and the things you're passionate about that you relate back to track. Okay, so... I went to high school in Texas, Austin. So I've been close to UT since I was a freshman in high school. I was pretty bad in high school, like below average, like 24 minute 5K when I started. And by the end of high school, I still wasn't that good, like top 150 in the country, which in track isn't that good. And I came to UT, got hurt my freshman year, sophomore year, came back, was still average, like 150 in the country for college kids, which is better, but... I mean, not really improving. And then over the summer last year, I improved a lot. And now uh, I was ranked. We won the DMR at Nationals Indoor. I was ranked 18th in the 3K, 25th in the 5K. uh, And I went 357 in the mile. Mm -hmm. So I'm one of the top guys in the country, sort of. I mean, depending on how you look at it. And uh, yeah, I just, I'm enjoying running. It's fun to pursue something that is so tangible where like a lot of stuff isn't where I know I'm improving or I know I'm not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I also want to mention and kind of one of the biggest reasons I think like your like tracks that really stuck out to me was just because I've, because I know you obviously. Um, and also I've just seen things show up on my like TikTok feed and YouTube feed. Can you just talk about your passion for like creating content relating back to track? Yeah, it's super important to, create your own image when you're doing track versus you know what I mean Joey Burrow has never lifted a camera in his life or doesn't yeah. have to just because he's got media team on media team on media team after him but in track it's a lot about people want to know the athletes better but it's not organized at all mm-hmm. as efficiently as like football is yeah. where where maybe in the ideal world the school would do it for me or the NCAA would do it for us but they don't so you got to do it for yourself so yeah I'm just I've been doing a lot of stuff on YouTube and TikTok and uh, Instagram. Is your, is your YouTube um, like just kind of like, is it vlogging or what is your YouTube mainly about? Um, 
I'm just trying to grow the channel right now. There's no niche other than running, but it's been a bunch of vlogs. I'm going to do some mm -hmm. tutorial, like not tutorials, but how to improve it, whatever running in general over the summer, just to try and grow it more. But it's more about giving, if people like see me run and then they are inspired or something, uh, they have somewhere to go to, to learn more about me, or I don't know if I have uh, products or deals in the future to get into those is the plan. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing with track. So I know with NIL and stuff like that happening, it's, I'm, I mean, obviously the money's going to flow to at least at UT, the football team first and the basketball team second, as you mentioned. Um, and that's something I wanted to actually focus in on. I, the feeling I get for a lot of collegiate track people is that it's really important to grow kind of your assets outside of just track because there may not be a steady income coming from that. And so I know you're doing YouTube, but in the future, what do you hope like to be sources of your income relating to track? Like, is it YouTube? Is it sponsorships? Like, could you kind of give us a rundown on that? Uh, the, the whole end goal is to be able to have like vertical integration of everything I want to sell so that I can know the consumers and they're watching me and I'm selling a product that's my own. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the end goal for a lot of like YouTubers, like not even, not even just in the running space, but when you're selling someone else's stuff or doing someone else's products, uh, like if you fall out of favor, like maybe your videos aren't doing as well in the future, you might lose sponsorships, but if it's your, you own the merch or you own the, product or the service you're not going to have to deal with the ebbs and flows as much and that's okay. so that yeah the end plan is just to be able to make products that benefit people or mm -hmm. services that benefit people that are my own so that i can sell them without worrying about having to be approved by some management somewhere at some other company so so your your end goal is to literally create your own brand and build that yeah right there's a lot of stuff that i feel like i know about that i could use to build a really good brand after i just have to build this up first is my thing give it a year or two okay so your approach to this correct me if i'm wrong is you're really trying to build your image using things like tiktok and youtube and eventually you're going to try to show your brand through those images as well obviously while also improving and running yeah cool so i guess i want so running is the type of thing at least in my opinion that like for example even if I trained every day for the last year or for the last decade, I probably still wouldn't be able to run as fast as you can. And I think obviously there's a lot of natural talent too. And I was wondering what advice you think has been kind of universal that you've learned from running, or if there's any learn like lessons you've learned from running that you think anybody who's not going to like be an Olympian one day, like you could take away. Lessons from running. Ugh. I mean, there's a lot of talk about what's the right workouts to do or what's the best way to approach this or this or this to get better. And like, is there a secret workout or something to do? But what I found is it's really the most about uh, doing it as often as possible without getting injured. So mm -hmm. running as much as you can. And the only thing I figured out that it's more maybe unorthodox is if a workout doesn't feel like it's making you better, it probably isn't. So there'd be a lot of times I'd be just running to run like 16 miles or 15 miles or something but it doesn't feel good at all versus you know how you go to the gym and you work out you get a pump and you feel like proud after mm -hmm. or like good like uh physically sometimes you'll do a running workout and like a lot of times 
you'll feel bad after in not in a tired way, but in a like just exhausted way. Like that didn't feel good. And people will push through that thinking they'll continue to get better. But if you don't think if it actually doesn't make you feel better as an athlete, you probably shouldn't be doing it. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of stuff I cut out, especially over the last year when I made the most improvement um, by focusing on just going by feel. Gotcha. So it's like a kind of your mind and your body being in tune together. And that's something you think is underrated. Exactly. Yeah. Cause what people misunderstand is running is all about numbers, especially in the training. Mm -hmm. But the reason you have numbers and paces is to try and approximate feels. Mm -hmm. So the reason if I'm doing 400 repeats on a track and my coach says the pace, the number doesn't matter. Just, you don't need to understand the number, but let's say at 70 seconds, a lap, mm -hmm. right. They're saying 70 seconds because that makes you feel a certain way. So if I'm doing the rep, I know how I should feel. And you can ignore the numbers more than you would think just because of how much numbers are always around you in track. But yeah, it's really important to feel it out and just trust your gut, mm -hmm. which, is, which helps in a lot of stuff in life. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I feel like that. I mean, obviously even just working out, like for example, I'm not anywhere close to like a professional athlete, but I feel like that idea of like really figuring out if you are getting better at something and being honest with yourself of if it's making you better, whether that's, I don't know, a class or a certain like, I don't know, theory or something you're trying to learn. I, I think that could also apply there. Um, I actually want to shift the conversation um, in the direction of something I think is really cool about you that I'd heard, which is how you trained, I think, in Africa for like running and track. Could you just talk about that a little or like at least give an overview about what what that was about yeah so like I said last year I was I had just come back from injury and I was still average despite training um a lot and like I was saying earlier about you have to go by feel it's very important to be smarter not just hammer 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 and work harder without like any direction mm -hmm. so I just was in a bad spot uh at the end of my last season where I was like I don't even know what to do to improve I had no idea what the direction I was going to go in was so Kenya is like uh, the hub for distance running everywhere. Like, especially mm -hmm. like the last 10 marathon champions um, in the Olympics all came from the same city in Kenya or something like that. So I, one of my friends had gone before for a training camp. So I just booked a ticket uh, and went to train there. I stayed for, from the end of June to August. Okay. So you were there for like a month or two months, I guess. Uh, a little more than a month and a half yeah okay were there like was that you just like did you know people there or did you literally just pack out your bags you had like I assume there was a coach there or something there was no coach there it was literally just me going alone and but the city is like a running city so you'll see runners everywhere there's groups everywhere so I went alone no coach no like anyone else with me and it was like as bad as you'd think like just because I didn't ever they speak English Mm -hmm. but they don't want to speak English there. Like the main language is Swahili. So a lot, of, a lot of the time I would just be not talking to anyone for days or like hanging out with people. I'd just be running. Uh, oh, wow. And I'd run twice a day and the track was uh, an hour away because there's a track in the city, but it was closed when I was there. So I had mm -hmm. to bus to the city an hour away. So I'd wake up at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., bus an hour, do a, work, a workout, two-hour workout, bus back, like shower, eat lunch and then bus back to the city to double before curfew so i'd have to bus whatever oh, wow. it is four hours a day and mm -hmm. i do that three hours a week three days a week so and then yeah, yeah go ahead 
the other four days I just run around my hostel. So I did not know you didn't have any coach or like training program. So you literally just created your own training program for like a month and a half. Yeah, I was, there are a bunch of groups there. Like I said, like I'm all doing different training styles and they're very, Mm -hmm. they're very welcoming to other people. So I tried, tried a bunch of them, but it was an Olympic year. So all the, all the really good groups were not training at the moment. I went right before the Olympics. So they were like hunkering down to go to Tokyo. Okay. And so, yeah, I ended up going with some groups, but they were all doing marathon training. That wasn't like track focused because all the track guys were, like I said, going to um, Tokyo. So, so I ended up not training with them and figuring my stuff out alone. Yeah. So would you attribute a lot of your, um, like the, the large strides you made, pun intended, um, forward in terms of like your ranking, like you said, you're only average. Was it that training in Kenya that you think pushed you above like a lot of your peers and like other athletes you compete against? Yeah. Um, I think going to Kenya was the reason, but people like to think that it's specifically the like Kenyan dirt or something was super magic. But I think what really helped was that was the first time in my career running that I was on my own. Uh-huh. Like I've always had coaches around me or teammates in my ear, in my head, telling me, you should do this. You should do this. You should do this. And when uh-huh. I was in Kenya, I was all on my own. I had to figure it out on my own. And so, like I said, the only thing I could go by was feel because I didn't uh-huh. know any of the numbers or anything. So I ended up doing what I felt was making me better and it ended up working out. Oh, wow. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of life lessons there. Um, just like, like even just like isolating yourself and really understanding your thoughts, because I, for one think I like society in general, even in college, we see it all the time where people are just told things and then they never really take a second to step back and think about why they're doing it or how it's affecting or structuring their mindset and I think that like your trip to Kenya literally shows that but in running I guess um so I guess the next topic I wanted to talk about was going back to like what your future plans are so clearly you've uh gone through adversity and I guess you've made huge steps forward from that I was wondering like moving forward what's the outlook on what you want to do. I know you mentioned like the end goal is to have a brand, but just in terms of track alone, like have you set goals forward or are you kind of just going with the flow and seeing what happens? Uh, I've never been a guy for like year after year goals. My goal mm-hmm. from from like the last four years has just been to be a national champion, which I did in uh, March. Mm-hmm. But I guess the next goal would be to go to the Olympics and do well there, maybe medal or something. But yeah, it's another long-term goal. I'm not on, like, that's not something if you knew track that I would, that you would guess I would do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I know you you had been talking to me prior to this podcast about worlds. Um, and I, I believe you are competing in worlds. Mm-hmm. That's so, the plan. Yeah. So could you just describe what worlds is to the listeners at home? Uh, so the world athletics track meet is the, um, it's a meet just for track and field. It's like the world cup for soccer that happens on off Olympic years. And Mm -hmm. they have standard times that you have to hit. And then you have to do qualifiers usually for countries like the U S or the UK, but 
there are specific rules for like third world countries and countries that aren't sending any athletes mm -hmm. like none of their athletes have the standard they can send one athlete for each gender i believe to okay. do it without the standard and sudan which i'm a sudanese citizen doesn't have anyone competing so i'm supposed to obviously it's i mean it's a hopeful thing but i'm supposed to be running for them in july but okay. nothing's for sure yet obviously so have you ever represented sudan before or is this a first time thing uh no actually this is a first time thing it's a big decision actually because the olympics coming up in 2024 you can't compete if you compete internationally for any country mm -hmm. within three years of the olympics you have to compete for that country at the olympics okay so, yeah. is like i i know nothing about track so this might be a question that you probably won't even be able to answer right now um but given that so you said the olympics is what year is the olympics 2024 Okay, 2024. Is it like something within you think like within if you follow the training program you're in right now and continue to like grind it out, do you think you would be attending the Olympics or how and you would be going with Sudan? Like, do you think that's something that could be possible? Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously barring injury, but the way I'm improving, uh, yeah, I'm on track to be good enough to get the Olympic standard. Okay. which is they're probably gonna be like 13 10 for the 5k mm -hmm. but it's the same thing for they allow they have universality spots where you can send someone who doesn't have the standards so sudan would be able to send i think a guy and a girl same thing as they're doing this year so right now would you be considered like the best runner in the entire country of sudan um i'm i'm not sure about any other sudanese runners but as far as i know okay uh, that's yeah. really that's really cool i feel like that's yeah i think that's really impressive i mean i guess if no one's stepping up to take these roles in these different track meets i think it's fair fair to say that you are but yeah um i guess like the next kind of topic i want to talk about is like you coming back from injury and i obviously i don't think everyone goes through injuries related to track but i think a lot of people including myself have had like really um, devastating fallbacks in whatever it is, whether it's like an emotional state or a specific company that someone's trying to start. Could you just talk about what you think really helped you come back from injury and what made you stay focused um, on kind of that end goal you have? Of course, yeah, there's like, I feel like there's analogous things to injury in everything, like writer's mm -hmm. block for writers or yeah, anything like that. But injury is really <laughs> unique because it's something that like writers, a lot of people can tell you, oh, it's mental, it's mental, just get over it. But like, I was super, when I came to UT, I had a stress reaction in both knees, which is like, um, it means you're super close to fracturing the bones. Mm -hmm. And I had one in each side of my pelvis. And then my hamstring was almost disconnected from my pelvis. Like it was super bad. And I was hurt for 12 months from January to January. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, I was, I was super, at first you want to push through it and be tough, but then eventually you realize like you got to be realistic about your recovery. Mm -hmm. And so I took time off and focused on rehab. And that was after seven months of running on it and just pushing through my senior year, uh, I ended up just stopping running for two months and resetting and working with the UT trainers to fix my hamstring. And like people said, it would never, it would probably never be the same as it was before, but now 
it's actually pretty much completely back to normal. Like when I was hurt, I couldn't walk without pain. I would limp getting into my car. Mm -hmm. Whenever I couldn't like run, except for at practice, I would just push through and the pain would go away after like a couple minutes of really, really intense pain. But yeah, like I just was smart about it. And there's no way to just tough your way through an injury like that. You have to be mm -hmm. approaching methodically. Gotcha. So it's just a matter of like planning out your recovery and sticking to it, I guess, which helped you the most. Exactly. Cool. Um, well, yeah, so we're getting to like wrapping this up, but I think like literally the last thing I wanted to talk about was just figuring out how you're going to balance like track with all the other things like you do in your life, because I think everyone has like their own passions and everyone, I think uniquely you are just really good at what you're passionate about, but how do you like kind of find a balance with like mental health and all these other things you're pursuing outside of just track and how do you continue to get better at all those things? Uh, um, well, I'd say for track, it's gotten to the point where no matter what I, I'm doing or how I'm feeling, I'll always, I never miss a run. So I, mm -hmm. I'm always making sure I run and do the workouts and those come before anything else. But there's other stuff I've tried to do like with YouTube and TikTok and stuff for like, like normal, like normal people, like you'll set a goal and then you'll keep it up for a while. And then you'll start like fading or lacking or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I've just tried to make sure that now that I know that I don't have to worry about my running, it's going to, I'm going to run no matter what. I just try and really focus on making sure the other stuff that I'm doing, like the YouTube and the TikToks and the branding that I focus on that and set like reasonable goals, reasonable goals so that I'm not uh, burning out or just blowing up after a little bit of progress. Yeah. And you also like are traveling all around the country for your track meets too. So I guess you just kind of made running automatic and then like mentally you have everything else second but you're continuously trying to get better right yeah exactly um okay cool well those were all the questions i have if you have any parting words or plugs you seen now's your chance um i wanted to say that when i started running i had a 24 minute 5k which is like the bottom 50 percent 24 42 mm -hmm. so and a 659 mile so it seems like so a lot of the times it'll take a year or two to even get to the starting line of where you want to end up being. So don't write yourself off because you're not immediately, you don't look talented. And then I have a YouTube channel. Yeah, it's just my name. So look at Bessina Bella and then it'll be on YouTube and you can yeah. follow along if you want. For all the listeners at home, Yassine's YouTube is actually super, super entertaining. And I've watched like every single one he puts out. He does a really good job. Everyone should go follow his YouTube and also his TikTok because he's grinding that out as well. But Yassine, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your words and I wish you the best of luck with all your future endeavors with track. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yep.